The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the second chapter. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him, and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men, and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I also may go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that had been seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their country by another road. The Gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. These wise men who came looking for Christ, well, they have always impressed me. The only information they had was that there was a baby in Bethlehem. Even though they didn't have much information to go on, they pursued with great determination. And what amazes me even more is that no one in the land of Judea seemed to have a clue as to where Jesus was. It reminds me of how we can be looking for our car keys, but just can't find them. Then suddenly, someone comes in the room and finds them right away, only to point out that they were right under our nose the whole time. It's also with the wise men who were looking all over the countryside for Jesus, who happened to be right under their nose. And it was God who led them to this amazing person. You see, the word was out about Jesus' birth. The chief priests and the scribes knew something about the birth of Christ, for they quoted their own prophet's writings and were able to steer these travelers from the east to Bethlehem. But unlike the wise men, I don't think they fully trusted the message of the prophets. It is like so many who search for some kind of good news in this world when it's right in front of their face. The good news is that God loves you, that God cares for you, but they don't believe it. So they go looking in other areas of the world for this truth, for this grace, for this love. They look for it in places where they think they can be happy, but in the end, all they hear is, you're not good enough. You don't have what it takes to live a happy and healthy life. See, I don't understand why the chief priests and the scribes don't go looking for Christ themselves. They make all the excuses. Maybe they had too many things to do. Maybe they didn't have enough time or energy or money. Maybe 
they would have start searching the next week if the wise man didn't come. Sound familiar? What if we knew that there was going to be this life-changing, world-changing event? That we were going to meet Jesus who was going to totally rock our worlds? What if we knew that one experience, one moment with Jesus would radically change how we live our lives? How we would experience the world? Would we let a work commitment get in the way of that? Would we let a few extra hours of sleeping in on a Sunday prevent us from meeting Christ? Would we let our child's soccer games, swim meets, football games, whatever else is going on on a Sunday morning, would we let that stop us from meeting Christ himself? Or would we do everything we could to make sure that we were able to experience this? Would we tell our family, our friends, our children, our bosses that we could not miss this once-in-a-lifetime experience? This would mean that we would have the same faith and passion that these wise travelers had. The wise men knew that nothing was going to stand in their way of finding the Christ child, of experiencing his presence. And to be honest, they didn't even know what he was going to do or how he was going to change the world yet. They just knew that they had to get to see this baby. They trusted God. They followed God. They went in the direction that God was leading them, and they were led to this wonderful discovery. They, they followed this star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where Jesus was. And when they stopped and they saw that star, they followed that star. They were overwhelmed with joy. When was the last time you were overwhelmed with joy over a rich discovery of God's word? When was the last time you were overwhelmed with joy realizing that God's Spirit had just opened your eyes to something you had never seen before? That you were able to understand a piece of scripture that you never understood before? I believe that we are given this star. We are given a direction as individuals and as a congregation. When we are faithful to the calling that God has given us, when we discern together what we are being called to do, we will be overwhelmed with joy. When we let God into our lives as we commit ourselves to the ministry that God is calling us to, we will never be the same again. We will follow God's calling and we will bring our gifts. Now, they might not be gold or frankincense or myrrh, but they are the gifts that God has blessed us with. So we have these gifts that are inside of us. We have the commitment to follow what God is calling us to. And we have the star that is leading us to the place where we can prepare ourselves to do the ministry that God wants us to do. And when we follow through with this, we will see the joy in our lives, having found God, having worshipped God. And then others will see the joy that is in our life, and they will say, hey, where do you get some of that joy? I want, I want a little bit of that in my life. And we can not only steer them in the right direction, but actually go there with them 
make the discovery with them all over again, no matter how many times we have done this. Now, I've talked about my calling a few times in sermons and Bible studies. My call to ministry wasn't some sort of lightning bolt experience. I didn't know as a child that I was going to be a pastor, even though I was told a number of times that that's what I was going to become one day. But my experience, my my call to ministry was a long and, and drawn out process. It was years of trying things, failing at those things, trying something else and having some success. But my star, the place that I went to, that God was leading me to, is a place that many of us are familiar with. You see, my story is that I left college and I had options. I could have gone home to my parents' house and spent some time there getting some things figured out. There were also a couple of jobs that were waiting for me in various locations. But instead, I decided to go to Camp Calumet, which now I refer to as my spiritual home, my star, a place where I have felt connected to God in deep and meaningful ways. I went there to to work and host retreats, but also to figure out the next steps in my life. It was there that I felt God telling me that there was something more for me out there, that God had a plan and a path. And if I was to take that path, it wasn't going to be a straight one. It was a windy path leading me forward and, and around and sometimes backwards until eventually I was able to go where God wanted me to be. So that question I ask you now is not, what are your New Year's resolutions? What are the things that you want to get done, your goals this year? Even though I think that's setting goals is an important thing. But what is God calling you to do this year? Where is God calling you to go? You know, every year at the beginning of the year, we have a, a promise of a new beginning. A new beginning that comes through our relationship in Jesus Christ. We begin the year as we end the year with a baby born in Bethlehem, a baby that will change the world. And the wise men knew that something special was happening. They felt it in in every part of their being, deep in their souls. And we also in this story have Mary and Joseph who are doing the best as as first-time parents. And we have Herod who wants to bring this whole story to an end pretty quickly. But then we are a part of the story as well. And we are part of the story as we are reminded every year that God wants to be there for us. That God loves us. That all the things that have happened this past year, the good times and the bad, you know, God was with us during those times and we are ready for new beginnings. Maybe you have already made resolutions for this year. Maybe you've already failed at a few of them. But now we have 362 days to dream together, to work together, not only to accomplish what we want in this life, what we need in this life, but to listen to what God is calling us to do in this church community, in this world. So I want to end with something that you probably already know. But it's good to hear again in a piece of encouragement. First, what you already may know, that God loves us. That Jesus coming to this earth is 
God's promise to us that God will be with us no matter what. God is doing something new in our lives. And God is coming to us through Jesus. So that when tragedy strikes, when disappointments crush us, when we wonder where God is and why God has left us, God says, I have not left you. I am with you. And you know this because I sent Jesus Christ, my one and only son, into the world to reveal to you how much I love you. I sent Jesus into the world to speak the word and and show you that there's nothing that I wouldn't do, nowhere I wouldn't go, nothing that I wouldn't endure to show you how much I love you. Even if that means that I have to make the ultimate sacrifice in the world by giving my one and only son so that everyone will know how much I love them. Everyone will know that no matter what you do in this world, I am with you. That you are my beloved child, worthy of dignity, honor, and love. The encouragement that I want to give you today is that because of this love that God gives us, we are blessed people of God. We have so many things waiting for us. We have so many wonderful plans in our lives and in the life of the church. I was talking with a friend recently about Faith Lutheran Church, and they asked me, what are some of the exciting things that are going to happen in 2016? And I said, well, f- you know, usual stuff. We have our monthly community dinner. We have Project Help where we do cooking classes throughout the year and some other retreat events this year. We have a community garden that seems to be getting bigger and, and more robust every single year. We participate in Relay for Life. We have our, our fall fair. Oh, and we're celebrating our 10-year anniversary this year. So, you know, the normal, usual stuff. And they stopped me right there and said, that's more activity in one year than most churches have in 10 years. And I stopped to think about this. You know, we do so many wonderful things at Faith Lutheran Church. And that stuff that I mentioned doesn't even include our our prayer group, our youth group, our fellowship dinners, or the prayer shawls that we make, or any other ministries or activities that we do together. But the best way that I know for each of us to experience this overwhelming joy, to to really feel God's call in our life, is to open our hearts, to come to church on a Sunday morning, and to pray with our church community, to sing with our church community, to fellowship with our church community. And not only ask, how is God going to fill my heart today? How am I going to feel whole again? Or how am I going to help my neighbor feel whole again? But also ask, what is God calling me to do this year? How is God going to have me use my skills and talents and gifts to further God's ministry in this world? Then then to realize 
that because of God's grace, because of what we do here on a Sunday morning, we have an opportunity for a life-changing experience each and every week. This event that I talked about at the beginning of the sermon, this event is not just the actual birth of Jesus that the wise men went to. This event is to experience Jesus in a real physical way each and every week when you come to church on a Sunday morning. Because we experience God and Jesus not only in the songs and the prayers and the scripture readings and the sermon, not only in the fellowship and the conversation and the hugs, but in the body and blood of Christ. In the bread and wine, when we gather around the altar, we receive God in a very new and physical way. When we talk with one another, support one another, pray for one another, something deep down inside of us changes and we become closer and closer to God. When we receive the bread in our hands and hear the words, the body of Christ given for you, and then when we receive the wine and we hear the blood of Christ shed for you, it makes a difference in our lives. It brings us closer and closer to Christ. And then together we can figure out what our future will become and how the Holy Spirit will work in our lives as we share the good news of God's love for all people. And as we share that, it'll bring us peace and overwhelming joy. Amen.